welcome to the talk show for talkers on irishtalkers.com. Welcome, Toastmasters, would-be Toastmasters listeners and friends, to segment three of this offering of the talk show for talkers. This week, we told you what Division A Director of District 71, Paul O'Mani, also of this parish, the talk show for talkers, is going to be talking to you about what the district mission is. Over to you, Paul. Thank you very much, Ted. I'd like to have a bet with you that when you joined Toastmasters International, you had absolutely no idea there was such a thing as a district and you weren't interested. You knew there was a club and you knew the club belonged to Toastmasters. You didn't know how international Toastmasters was. You didn't know how big it was. You hadn't a clue what countries it was in and you hadn't an idea how on earth it was run. You didn't know there was an international headquarters and it never bothered you to think about how on earth would you organize a big tanker like Toastmasters International? I'll bet you that quite a lot of people, their entire career in Toastmasters, they haven't had a shred of interest in anything called a district, let alone a division and let alone an area. Clubs have a mission. And that's what you were interested in. And clubs were there to help members to get on and become better communicators and leaders. That's pretty straightforward. First of all, what is the district name? Who is your district director? You don't know. Okay, that's fine. Do you know any other district where it is? You probably don't. Although the interesting thing is that some of the listeners to this podcast know everything. They've read the governing documents of Toastmasters International. They've read their club constitution. But how many of you listeners who've done all that can tell me what your district mission is? Would you say your district mission is to develop leaders? Do I see any nods? Would you say your district is there to set up new clubs? Would you say Your district mission is to support the clubs so that they might become excellent. So which is the number one? Which is the first thing that the district is there? While you're thinking about that, let me tell you what I mean by the district. Clubs have got people whose job it is to give them support. They're called area directors. Area directors have got people who are there to give them support. They're called division directors. And division directors have got people who are there to give them support, and they're called district leaders, district directors. And when we're talking about the district, we're talking about all of those people. We're not talking about the club. We're talking about all that structure that's there, the people, all that time that people are investing to do something. And what's their number one job? Okay, I'll tell you. The mission of your district is to establish new clubs. To be exact, it's to build new clubs. And then there's a second part of the sentence, which is to support clubs to become excellent. So if you've got two parts of a sentence, one is build clubs and the other is to establish new clubs. And the other 
is to help the existing clubs to become excellent, which is more important. Now, in any job, and all of you have had a job at some stage, if you've got a number one priority and you've got a number two priority, what do you spend most of your energy on? You spend it on the number one priority, don't you? So let's just say that it's very important to support clubs to become excellent. That's very important. How much time is spent on that in Toastmasters by the district? An awful lot. What percentage of total time spent by the district is spent on building new clubs? Not so much. Now, I want to credit a past international president of Toastmasters International for having the clarity to bring this issue out into the open in a webinar last week. Alfred Heitzing, Heitzing, yeah. Tremendous influence on me and I think on anyone who heard him. Because what it does, if you take that seriously and you say that the district should be putting most of its energy, not all of it, but most of it, into setting up new clubs, it means that the district has to stop doing so much to support the clubs. Pretty logical. Otherwise, everyone's going to get stressed and overworked. And I don't think there's anyone who would have the role of being a district leader who would say that they don't really have enough to do. They're doing as much as their life gives them an opportunity to do. And some people do an extraordinary amount. So what can we, as district leaders, drop? And that's the question I want you listeners who are leaders or even members of clubs to ask yourself, because otherwise there's no point in following Alfred's logic, just treat it as an intellectual exercise. But how many new clubs has District 71 set up in the last four years? I don't know the answer, but it's available. How many new clubs are we going to set up this year? Some of you might know that Toastmasters for Golf is a brand new club in the middle of chartering. Well, that's at least one. And there have been others as well. But is there a way in which we can tweak our time, effort, innovative side, imagination in order to withdraw support from the clubs and give it instead to setting up new clubs? That's the challenge that came across. It's going to be up to either district policymakers, and by that I mean the district leadership team, to propose a policy and get full support of their district officers. That's one way of doing it. The other way of doing it is that it's done from bottom up, which is that each area director, each division director, each one of the district leadership team decides, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to wait for a district director to tell me that, Paul, I want you to set up four new clubs in Cork. There are innumerable reasons why that can't be done. You wouldn't be regarded as a failure this year as a district leader if you didn't succeed in getting several new clubs set up under your influence. Everyone would forgive you. But leaders are made to rise above challenges. And I'm not here to give you a sermon on it. Just want you to come up with your own answer. Are you going to do it? 
Are you going to, as a district leader, withdraw some forms of support from your clubs and instead put that investment into setting up new clubs? Or are you going to stick to the old ways? And as Pat Johnson, who was recently on the show, says, people are inclined to stick to what they already know. And she's been encouraging us to get into our discomfort zone, get out of your comfort zone. So there we are. Maybe let's get a word out of James on this topic, since it's been sprung on him out of the blue. James, your opinion, please. Love to have it. I think it's good to have targets. I think it's good to have objectives. And I think it's good to be challenging to achieve them. I would be careful about new clubs at the cost of existing clubs. We've had um, already seen what the effect of uh, the pandemic and the use of Zoom has done to membership. We need to be imaginative about the value of membership, how it can be spread across all fact, all sectors, uh, all clubs. But I think the conversation is a good one and the challenge is a good one. It, I suggest to you that that is a really popular point of view, that that is the current culture. And the current culture is not that the district's role is to set up new clubs. That is a new idea. And yet it's been written down and it's been laid down, no doubt, and, and it wasn't invented by District 71. It's a Toastmasters International policy, if you like. This is our mission, set up new clubs, districts. And the worry I have is that not enough people are going to change their behavior and that the status quo is going to be preserved and that the district will not turn on to its mission this year. Maybe it will next year, but I suspect it might take a couple of years. Ted? Well, interestingly, Paul, there have been over 4,000 new clubs set up, corporate clubs, since last March, since the pandemic came upon us. You mean worldwide? Worldwide, yes. 4,000 clubs. I think James gave the answer to this question that you're asking, how should the district go about it? It's people. It's the people who set up the clubs, not the district. You're going to get somebody who's in an organisation and he can see the benefits of what Toastmasters can bring to that organisation. And consequently, he can go out and say to the people in the organisation, would some of you like to become members of Toastmasters? Because I agree with what James said, that what's happening at the moment is that we're getting clubs being set up by current members. So now they're becoming members of two clubs and we're not growing the membership. All we're doing is taking from one and putting it into the other. That has consequences also, because what if Joe Bloggs decides to leave that club after he finds that he has a much better experience in the second club? I think, listeners, that what we've brought out from under the woodwork is that there isn't consensus, that there's scepticism about the role of the district in relation to setting up new clubs, that we have a mission which is not universally known, understood or supported. I wonder what we're going to do about that in District 71 and in your district. 
Great question, Paul, and a lovely way to finish that segment. And please come back tomorrow because tomorrow we're going to be speaking again with James Finnegan. He's going to tell us about what a VPPR does. And a VPPR is a vice president of public relations. The talk show for talkers is published every week in sections at 4pm every Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday. Go to our website irishtalkers.com for more information.